Now I've got explicit instructions. I have not to do this. So if you see me attempt to do this, because I do it unconsciously, just shout out, no, no, no. Let's try that. No, no, no. You have no idea the abuse your pastor gets from the <laughs> You know, pastor came up and said to Sarah at the end of the meeting, where's Tom? Oh, he's sick. No, he's not. Sarah, go back home and tell your husband, Tom, he thinks he's sick. A couple of weeks later, pastor says to Sarah, and... How's your husband Tom today? She says, you think she's dead? <laughs> because you may be told that when you're going through a bad time, there's some sin in your life, or you're not trusting in God, or you haven't got enough faith. And do you know, sometimes you're just dried up. Because of the extremities of life, sometimes you know you're just on the bottom. It's not that you have a lack of faith. And it's not that you've done some huge sin. It's just this is where you are. But we can be given with this spiritual, and can I say it, and I mean it reverently, this spiritual stuff at times that if something's wrong in your life, it's you. And, you know, Job had the same problem. And sometimes it can be we are just dried up. And I can remember some years ago, actually in England, the sun was so hot continuously that the ground where I lived in was so dry and cracked up, it was actually opening up. And my first house, actually, the first house I ever bought, and this is true, was number 95 Sunderland Street. That's just, it was just coincidence. I thought, yeah, Debbie, laugh, Debbie, Sunderland Street. Um, and you know what? I, I, I went to get a mortgage, and the mortgage company said, we've had a look at the house, and we're a little bit concerned about, in those days, there was wooden floors. I had lovely wooden floors. And so they sent Rent-A-Kill in. I said, Rent-A-Kill? He said, yeah. He said, we're sending Rent-A-Kill in to have a look because we think your boards might be dry or rotten. And so in came Rent-A-Kill, and they were drilling holes uh, in my lovely wooden floor. Uh, and then they poured they poured this fluid in and went away for seven days, and they wouldn't give me a mortgage until until they came back. So seven days later, they came back and said, yeah, there's nothing wrong with your woods. Your woods now are being refreshed. Uh, we put this fluid in, uh, and basically, you can have your mortgage, Mr. Lawrence. And you know, it's no different to you and I. We can get dried up, but we don't need rent to kill. We need wash. We need wash. When you are dry, you need wash. When you are cracked up, you need a just outpouring again of the Holy Spirit. Just another freshness to revive the bones that are just simply, or your situation. And I really do believe that the word wash, of course, is breath, wind, spirit. It was the same word, Rosh, R-A-U-C-H, that God did when he breathed upon man. He went, he did Rosh, he breathed. His wind, his spirit. And what happened to man? He became a living creature. He became alive. I'm looking at some of you. He needs to breathe again. <laughs> You're getting too comfortable in these chairs. 
But listen, when you are dry, you may need a touch of the Holy Spirit. I just mean to say you haven't got the Holy Spirit. It means you have got the Holy Spirit, but you just need to be refreshed. In fact, the Bible says continually be filled. Thank you, David. You know your Bible. Continually being filled. Continually be filled with the Holy Spirit. Why? Because we're a sponge. Not only are we a cucumber, but we're also, some of you might have forgot the message already, you're a baptised cucumber. But we're also a sponge. And Paul says there are times when you're like, you just get dry. I've been dry. Let's not be super spiritual. If you've been dry this morning, say I'm dry. Say that life circumstances are getting me down. Jesus was tired. He sat in a well. Listen, we have to be real people. And sometimes, as I say, we don't need Rindicule. We need the Rosh. We need the breath of the Holy Spirit. And in Ezekiel 37, the same situation was with the whole nation of Israel. They were dry. They were dry. That situation, they were broken. They were in a land that did not belong to them. They were captive in another land. They, they, they said in that favorite song, By the rivers of Babylon, we sat down and we wept. As we remembered Zion, we wept. We remembered the good days that we had and now here we are captive. That song is a lamentation song of what they had. And Ezekiel was living in the times of, of the, those days. Ezekiel was one of these people who was around at that time. And God took him to a valley of just dryness and bones. There's nothing there. There's no life at all. And he said, Ezekiel, is it possible for new life to come? And Ezekiel said, you know, Lord. He wasn't really sure. You know. But I want to ask you the question, is it possible for God to change your situation? Is it possible for God to give you a fresh touch this morning with his Holy Spirit? If you dry this morning, that is not a shameless. That is a reality. Why are we hiding behind spiritual... I was going to say the word, but I'm not sure whether it's allowed to be said and it's been on YouTube. But sometimes we can hide behind this super spiritual stuff that all is well. When we're at the bottom, our wells are dry. In the Old Testament days, a young man called Isaac had to go and redig the wells again. Because the wells had been thrown over because of the enemies of Abraham. And no one could get any water. And they threw stuff into the wells. And, and, and Isaac had to revisit the wells and just redig them again and bring fresh water out. And the last few months, I've been dry. I haven't cracked up. Well, some person in my house thinks I have. But I haven't even cracked up. But two things I believe will help us. And the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. I believe if you can put these two things together, I think God can refresh you this morning. I think God can say we are in a financial meltdown. Let's not dig our heads and bury our sands. We're in a mess as a nation. No, we are. By the way, you're the answer. Pray. Because you're the answer. 
God can work wonders when his people pray. If my people, if my people shall humble themselves. Hmm? My people. We are one of the most powerful people in the world because we have a, a God who answers prayer. Who moves in our situation. Who's made us promises. I keep coming back to them. David said, I've never seen anyone in the children of God go without bread. In other words, he was saying, I've never known anyone who's truly in the family of God that God hasn't provided for. Truly. But sometimes we have to cry out to God. Sometimes we've got to admit to God, we just can't cope. God, my situation seems to be overwhelming me, but I believe this, I believe in your word and your promises, and I believe in the Holy Spirit. And I just want to finish up with three things. That God's word is powerful. God's word cannot be broken. God's word can take you out of your situation and lift you higher than you thought possible. Ephesians 6, 17 says this. Don't walk around with a sword that looks like this. Your actual sword is the word of God that comes from the Holy Spirit. There's your two things. What I said. Your answer is a word that comes from the Holy Spirit. How many of you have been in prayer just said, God, I need an answer to prayer. And God just turned up with an answer. Fifteen years ago, seriously, fifteen years ago, I sat in an office in Redden as a pastor in Redden. And I said to God, God, I'm so, just don't know what to do. This is a fantastic church, but I just feel I've come to the end. I need a word from you. And I got out of the office, I've been talking to my senior minister. I sat in the little lovely lounge that we had, opened up my Bible, had a word from God. And three months later, you poor people have had to put up with it for 15 years. But what I'm saying is, you can only stand on the word of God. Three years ago, I spoke to Gordon Neal. Gordon Neal says, I think it's time that you left Earth to Neal. And perhaps looked at this church. And after all, I didn't we? We went round that weekend and I just said, I need to go away for the day to seek God. And Rob knows I used to go away to Charles Wickham and I used to sit there once a month and just saturate myself with God. I said to God, God, is it just time that I left this place? And just got a word again from God from the book of Jeremiah. And the word said this, if you stay, I will plant you and build you. I'll go back to my boss and say, I'm not going to go to this other church. I don't think he was very happy. And I don't think you probably would have been if you'd known that three years ago. My farewell do would have been three years earlier. You wouldn't have been here. Just think, you get to be at my farewell do and do a dance. What I'm saying is this, what can you do when you know that life needs an answer. I've given you two chance experiences that I believe God spoke to me. Didn't come with a word, didn't write on the walls. The Bible has answers for us when we saturate our Holy Spirit. Let's go back to Ezekiel 37. The first verse gives us the introduction. And it's an introduction to the future. I want to tell you, this valley of the dry bones is always meant to give hope for the future. 
And whatever situation you'll find yourself in life, let me tell you, God has a future for you this morning. That whatever dryness you're going through, the Lord's power came upon me. The Spirit of the Lord carried me out of this city and put me down in the middle of a valley. The valley was full of dead men's bones. There were many bones lying on the ground in the valley. The Lord made me walk around among the bones. I saw bones which were very, very dry, cracked bones. The Lord said to me, Son of man, can these bones come to life? I answered, Lord God, only you know the answer to that question. It was a question and answer. God was about to show Ezekiel how powerful he is. And I keep coming back to this time and time again. He wants to saturate in the Holy Spirit this morning. We all need a fresh touch from God. Every one of you. Because dryness is a powerful thing. It is a powerful thing. It stops our focus on God. And what did Ezekiel find out? He found out something very important. First of all, we need to read the word of God. Listen to what God said. This is the word of God. And I believe that God's word is the right for all situations. And what he said to Ezekiel, speak my What? That's right. Say it. Speak my None of you say, no, thank you, somebody can. I just did that deliberately, just to say you're awake. Speak my word. God is saying, listen, you need to speak out the rima. No, some of us, we need to do it. We need on Sunday morning, just declare when you get an opportunity. How great is our God. Some of us just need to shout, I want to thank you, God, that I've seen the power of your word in my life. That's called the rima, the spoken word of God. It silences the enemy. Come on, what did Jesus say to the enemy as he tried to tempt him? He didn't use any rubbish. He just simply opened up the scriptures and said, this is what the word of God says. Thou shalt live, not by bread alone, but by every breath that comes out. Thou shalt not worship anyone, but... It says the enemy got changed off and went away and left him. Because, listen, the enemy can never, 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 never deny the word of God. We need to speak it out. Speak it. God, I'm in this situation. But you've said that if I come to you, you are able to do abundantly more than I dare think or ask, Father. This is my situation. Lord, speak to me according to your word. Speak it out. Speak it out. You can tell God you're disappointed. I did, I tell you, I'm really disappointed in what's happening, God. He said, yeah, but no more than I am in you, Ed. Anyway, we'll go on to the street. What I'm saying is this, you can tell God the truth. Why do we have to sit there and make you up stuff? Tell God how you feel, as long as you do it in reverence. God, I feel dry. God, do you know what? It's just a rotten day, God. God, I need, I just need to get back on track. I need you, God. I think I think he'll get excited when we publicly confess we need him. Ezekiel, can these dry bones live? I think they can, but speak it out. Speak over these dry bones now when you just tell them. Speak them out. He used. And I want you to know these five things. Finally. First of all, this is what he says. I, this is God speaking. 
I am bringing the breath of life to you. And you will come to life. Hallelujah. I'm going to put my breath of life into you. You will come to life. God's word. God's word. Amen. I think God's word's powerful. You want to touch on God this morning? Oh, you can go out and get it. Secondly, what he says this. I will cause breath to enter you so you will come to life. I will cause breath. Just as I breathed upon you in before you were born, the rosh, the wind, the breath, the spirit of God, I can once again breathe into you and you'll come back to life. Now this is one is definitely for Kevin. I will put muscles on you and flesh on you and will cover your skin. Fourthly, I will put breath on you so you will come to life. So that's three times he said it, isn't it? Come on. God hasn't just spoken once in this chapter. Hasn't just spoken twice. Three times. God has spoken. And finally, finally, no, it's not final. This is just the final five. This is what he says. Then you will know that I am the Lord. You see, when God moves in your life, you know, don't you? Yeah. Hmm? Just sat with someone today. Hmm. Need an answer to prayer? You've got one. You know. You know. God said to me that in Reading 15 years ago. I want to tell you, God opened the door, and I want to tell you, I've got a witness here. My minister came to my house and said, don't be too disappointed, Ed, if it doesn't work out and you fail it, if you're not. He, he said, listen, X, Y, Z, and he began to tell me the reasons why. And I just drove up here and I just said, Lord, I just, I'm coming back to your word. Coming back to your word. That's all I could stand on. I know the circumstances were that I possibly wouldn't get this job. I know what my minister was saying to me. But when God gives you something, you need to declare it. And if God says, I can make you again fresh and alive, He can. He will. But I think sometimes we just need to do something. You see, God's word cannot be broken. This is what the insurance companies receive from some people. I was driving along the motorway when the police pulled me over into the hard shoulder. Unfortunately, I was in the middle lane and there was another car in my way. These are insurance claims. Therefore, I hit the car to get onto the hard shoulder. <laughs> I had to go to work at 7 o'clock this morning, so I drove out of my drive and went straight into the bus because the bus was five minutes early. <laughs> I had to try and swerve him a number of times, but I finally hit him. <laughs> and this one is the best one. I had my mother-in-law. I had my mother-in-law in the car. I therefore drove over the embankment. <laughs> but I want to tell you, God's word cannot be broken. This is what He says. Then God said to me, "Prophesy to the wind. Prophesy. Say to the wind. Now listen to what He says. This is what the Lord God says. Wind." Come from the four winds and breathe on these people who were killed so they can come back to life. So I did. I spoke the word of God and I prophesied. 
as the Lord had commanded me. And the breath came into them, and they came to life. They stood on their feet, a very large army. And it's the same message God says to his people today. You're going through a difficult times, you're going through uncertain times. Some of you with mortgages, some of you obviously with jobs, some of us even who are going to be on pensions now, we don't know how our pensions are going to fluctuate. God says, listen, the same spirit that breathed into these dead bones can breathe into you this morning. You can you know your life this morning. Joshua 3 says this, turn to God's word and ask God to give you a word. When he does, you know it cannot be broken. This is what he says in Joshua 3, 9. Come here and listen to the words of God. God's word can take you higher. God's word can lift you out of the place you're in this morning. The restoration of Israel began that day over the dry bones. It wasn't fully completed. It won't be fully completed till Jesus Christ comes again. But when Christ comes again and he brings in the millennium kingdom, this amazing prophecy in Ezekiel 37 will fulfill its full movement. Why? Because God's word cannot be broken. God's word can be trusted. God's word can take you higher. The Lord Jesus invites you this morning to do what Mary did. Sit on his feet and be refreshed. You see, Martha was busy doing many things. And Martha's anxiety aroused her and angered her. Lord, get Mary to get up here and do something. She was getting anxiety at the dinner. She was getting really, really worked up. And God wasn't rebuking Martha. He was just saying, Mary needs refreshment. Mary needs to be sitting at the place where she can be revived. She's in a good place. And I'm not telling her to leave that place. The dinner can wait an hour. The most important thing is for her to be at my feet. He wasn't having to go with Martha. He was just saying there are times, Martha, that things need to be brought. To sit at the feet of Jesus. And be refreshed. To be renewed. Let me breathe into you again fresh life. Let me touch you this morning, please, again. Let me tell you that, listen, situation all is not well. It's not. Like these dry bones, I can bring them to life. I can turn your situation around. And this is the final, final, final. Ezekiel was 30 year old. When he was taken out of his hometown, and taken to the city called Babylon. Ezekiel that day should have been starting his new job. And that was to be a priest in the temple. It was to start his new job as being a priest in the temple. Instead he ended it being a priest in Babylon. Hundreds and hundreds of miles away. He was in captivity. Well let me tell you this. That did not stop Ezekiel from seeing the heavens open. And he saw the glory of God. The Apostle John was on an island called Patmos. A filthy rat infested island. He saw the glory of God. You can be in a situation this morning so bad. 
so desperate, but you can see the glory of God. God is helping Because it's not your situation that stops you from seeing the glory of God. I'm 30 year old, I should be in the temple, slaughtering lambs, doing my job. Here I am in a filthy place called Babylon. And God says, but listen, my spirit is upon you. I'm going to take you and I'm going to show you about new life. Friend, I don't care what situation you're in this morning. I am finished. I want to try and impress upon you this morning. If you're sitting there barren this morning, that may not be your fault. You may be dry. You may be cracked up. But God's spirit wants to move in you this morning. God wants you to know that the rock is available. Second of all, Ezekiel saw God's providence in his life. The vision showed Ezekiel that wherever the situation was, God could change it. He saw the glory of God now. He saw the power of God and provision to say, Ezekiel, don't fret. All is not All is not lost. Thirdly, in chapters 22 to 27, he saw God's throne. Far above the storm. Far above the wheels and the living creatures that were flying around heaven. Amidst of his storm of life, Ezekiel saw the throne room of God. Today, friend, you can have access into the very same throne room. We can get rid of our anxiety by going into the presence of God. Seriously. The Bible tells you that you have access into the holy presence of God. And fourthly, which is the final, 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 final one. He saw something very unusual. In chapter 28, Ezekiel saw the rainbow in its fullness. In chapter 28. Usually you only see the arc of a rainbow, don't you? And generally you see it after the storm, don't you? After the thunder and the lightning comes, you then look and say, Oh, that's God's wonderful promise, the ark. But God said to Ezekiel, I can show you the ark in its fullness while you're in the storm. You don't have to wait until the storm is over. Isn't this wonderful? Ezekiel saw the rainbow during the storm. It completely encircled the throne of God. It was a symbol of God saying that in whatever situation you're in, you can know the power of God. You can know the presence of God. You can experience Him today. You can have a rainbow today. Because we all have access. So let's ask ourselves this morning. Are we dry or are we cracked up? If we are. Breathe on me. Breath of God. Fill all my life in you, that I might be as you would have me be, and do, and I was too. We need to touch on God. Why do we sin? Why do we pretend like this? Everything going it is. When God wants to say to you this morning, like Ezekiel, whatever midst of storm you're in, there is a rainbow. It encircles the throne of grace. It's there for you.